Hi everybody, welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather, uh, Monday's version, because yesterday, the weekend got away on me. It was one of those, whew, and suddenly, it was like 11.30 last night, and I went, I have to go to bed. Um, so, I apologize for the podcast being loaded on Monday. But here it is, and it's been that kind of week. I'm sure for you too. We, we looked last week at it being very, very intense. Uh, and this week is next up because the eclipses are coming. The eclipses are coming. And so this is the weekly weather for the October 16th to 23rd. And we can anticipate a lot of activity, a lot of intensity, culminating with a new moon eclipse next Tuesday, a week from now. So we're not even getting to the eclipse this week. We're just getting to the eclipse energy. Remember, as we're coming in for a landing with the eclipse, uh, you know, we're coming in, you know, you're flying over whatever airport you live in, and you're coming in, and you see the buildings, and the ground's getting closer, and you're like, okay, heading towards that landing. And it is a new moon eclipse, but you know it's fasten your seatbelt, put up your trade tables, you know, stow and lock your stuff under your seat, and then you sit there, right? Now, my uncle was a pilot for TWA, and I remember my mother was not a happy flyer. She did not like to fly. If my father would give her Valium, she would sit there like this the whole plane ride. And my uncle explained that the first 12 minutes before and at the end of the flights were the dangerous times, because that's when the plane can crash, right? So I always sit there that last 12 minutes as we're coming in like this. And when we're taking off, I go like this too, and I say a couple of Hail Marys. So, because the taking off, you think about it, like there's, what, 300 people, 250 people in the plane and we're taking off? Well, we're coming in for a landing this week, and it's bumpy, and there's a thunderstorm. So get ready. going to be a wild week. Your job, as I was talking yesterday to one of my favorite clients, Sarah, and she said, Ann, I have a new philosophy. The job is not to go through it, but to grow through it. And I said, Sarah, I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use that on my podcast and she said great so um, yeah so we're gonna go through it this week but the goal as you're going through it is to grow through it remember you're a child of the universe and you are evolving and whatever's going on in your life right now is trying to take you to a new place so your job with this energy is to trust it to lean into it as best you can to ride the bumps. Remember, we're landing a plane in a hurricane. Not a hurricane. In the, we're going to do a hurricane. We're going to do a thunderstorm. We're landing the plane in a thunderstorm. Lightning. Bumpy. Hanging on. Boy, I hope that pilot knows what he's doing. Except you're the pilot. Uh, you know what you're doing. You're going to be fine. But it is a really, really intense week. So with that in mind, no further ado. In we go to the week. Um, let me turn on my little pointer down here. Yeah, you can tell I'm not organized. I haven't had enough coffee yet. So the eclipses are coming. The eclipses are coming. We're landing in a we're landing in a thunderstorm, heading towards ground, and we're going to be okay. Uh, of course, we are still in election season. It's too late to register in most states. Hopefully, you registered already. But get involved, push back, speak up, volunteer, donate, and vote. Uh, there's a website called headcount.org that shows you whether you're registered or not. Remember, they were killing a lot of voter registrations off, so hopefully your registration is there and hopefully you registered. 
Now, one of the things when we're looking at registration, one of the few ways we have as citizens of this lovely country, the United States, is our vote. And I'm going to encourage you to please, please, please vote. Because, one, I always say, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Right? No complaining if you're not voting. If you vote, you can complain. So that's part one. Part two, we're having the Pluto return for the United States. And I did a lecture in ESAR in August <clears throat> on the Pluto return. And I said to everybody, hey, you know, Europe's had him, Rome had it. It's 250 years to follow the Roman Empire. British Empire had it. Once Portugal ruled the seas, Egypt was once a really big hoo-ha. Uh, the Netherlands, and they're all still there. You can have a cappuccino in Rome. Look at the Colosseum, you know. Know that 400,000 people died there. Um, so we can go see. They all survived it, so we're going to survive it. The key is how we survive it. So I gave this lecture, and after the lecture, this man came over to me at another lecture at the conference. <clears throat> and he said to me, Anne, we've already had a Pluto return in this country. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. And so in 1619, there was a Pulitzer Prize-winning series of articles in the New York Times. That's when the first enslaved people were kidnapped from Africa and brought to this country. And he goes, from the 1619, and it was 250 years, 248 years, the Pluto returned. And that was the Civil War here in the United States. A million people died. But we eliminated slavery. Didn't eliminate racism, but we eliminated slavery. Great. That's our Pluto. That was our first one. And again, you can have Pluto returns of events, which is always important to look at. Like when Brexit left, Britain left the EU, it was similar to when the, we left them, right? You know, so there's like this repetition that history does. So now what we're having is the civil, this, this Pluto return of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, right? Not the Constitution. That's a little ways away. We, we're now rebelling. We're saying, hey, Britain, we don't want to follow you anymore. We want to go off. No taxation without representation. You know, we're going to be free. Go away. Go away. We're not going to follow you. We're going to do our own thing, which prompted the American Revolution. But the Declaration of Independence as an event chart is have that statement that we made, that the, the founding fathers made. And the key word there is fathers. It was fathers. When you look at the declaration, the signing, the famous signing, it was all white men. They were all land-owning white men, and they also were people-owning white men. <laughs> Most of the founding, I mean, there were like 10 that didn't own slaves, didn't own people that were kidnapped and brought here, or once they were brought here, they had a child and that child was enslaved, continued the legacy of slavery. So we're not having the Civil War right now. What we're having is the Pluto return of the old white guys that owned everything. And we're saying to them, hey, it's not right for you to own everything. And then secondly, we're saying to them, hey, it's not right for you to control everything. Because you're not in control. Or if you're in control, we want a voice in that. So that's what this Pluto return is about, which is why it's important to vote. Because a bunch of, well, five white people and one black guy voted that women can't have abortions. They're telling you what to do. And she's a religious woman. You know, she's actually called a handmaid in her religion. Um, so, you know, why are the white guys telling us what to do again? And it's the Supreme Court. We're the Supremes. You're like, no, you're the mullahs. <laughs> How are we different? I mean, we're different for sure. How are we different than what's going on in Iran? 
where they're getting killed for showing their hair. It's a slippery slope. And so the goal here is to step forward and say, hey, we're going to vote, we're going to say what we like, and we're not really in favor of what you're doing. Or maybe you like it, maybe you think this is a great thing and we should all be you know, forced to comply to government rules. But if you rebelled against wearing a mask, and now you're going, it's okay to control women's bodies and make them have a, have, not, have a, not have choice about how to use their body. It's complicated, I get it, but you want to really, really think, and you really want to vote, and you recognize we got this for two more years. So this is kind of round one in, the, in the, this election coming up. And it's making choices about where to go. And I also encourage you to um, check out Rachel Maddow's new podcast that came, uh, that's called Ultra. And it talks about the 1940s, when we really almost went down the slippery slope towards fascism uh, with Charlie Coughlin, Charlie Coughlin. And a lot of people remember his name, a lot of people don't, but she's got this podcast on how we flirted with fascism back during Nazi Germany time. I think it's important, uh, you know, it's always, when people are nervous or anxious, it's nice to have a strong leader, um, but it also is recognizing that we are really our own leaders. And part of the Pluto return is us stepping up and saying, hey, this is how I want to work with my authority figures. As the government, your job is to serve us, work with us, help us. Are you doing that, or are you trying to boss us around and tell us things we don't want to do? It's a little different than taxation without representation, different version of the Declaration of Independence, but that's what we're having, the Pluto return of the Declaration of Independence. And on that note, I will stop my politics. Hopefully you're registered to vote. There's still a couple states that... Um, that happened, but I also want you to say to your friends, go, oh, voting doesn't matter. You say, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Look at what the Supreme Court's composed of. And you may like that. You may think that's great. And I'm mazel tov. Love your politics. Not do I. But the point is having the freedom of speech and the freedom, your freedom is the ballot box. So please, please, please vote and bring your friends to vote. It's the only way we're going to make change. Because that's how we do it. We can go through it. Or we can grow through it. Thank you, Sarah. Wonderful quote. All right, so today Mercury retrograde ends. Yay! Leaves his shadow. However, we're in the shadow from Mars retrograde in Gemini, so it's still going to feel like you have to do everything twice. Because you do. Last week we had that very complicated grand trine with the hammer of Thor and the finger of God. So we're finishing that up today. It ends today. It ended yesterday with the, with the finger with Venus forming her last night, which was probably around 10.30, and I was like, I think I need to go to bed. I'm, like, too wiped. So this is that, like, last week. And a lot of people got really interesting news last week. Um, changes in their lives, changes in their directions, figured out things they had to see. I had a very, Anne had a very busy week at the Red Desk. Um, it was definitely an intense week for many, many people. This week, even more intense, okay? Because the stuff that surfaced last week is now going to carry into this week, and how are we going to do it? How are we going to work with it? So first up is a Sun-Eris opposition. And, of course, Eris, the goddess of discord, was found in 2005. But she's also the, the chart of the angry feminine. So I had dinner last night with my friend Madeline, and... Um, she wrote a thesis on Eris, went for her um, her program when she was getting her certification for the Young Institute, and we were talking about Eris, that goddess of discord, and, and how she provokes, but she also invites. So Eris, where Pluto, when she was doing that 
five times. We had uh, the Harvey Weinstein, we had the Gazelle Maxwell, we had the um, Robert R. Kelly trial. So that kind of news is in the air. Air is square Pluto, and of course we see the riots in Iran uh, where, you know, women are really mad in the street, rioting all over the country against the Pula, Pluto, against the Mullahs. But in your own life, you're going to have this activate. Now remember, Pluto just went direct. Uh, Eris is still retrograde. They're pulling apart. But we are recognizing that that energy is very strong when the sun comes to activate it. Because what he's going to do after he activates that anger, that feet, that energy, is then the sun is going to have a trine to Mars. So we see the sun trining Mars in Gemini which is saying, I need, to do, I need to take some action. Now, we know we had that grand trine all last week where Mars was going along talking to Saturn, bringing structures, bringing us consciousness around our structures. And now, as the Mars and Sun trine meet after the Sun opposites Eris, uh, Mars, the Sun's bad. And so the Sun's going to say to Mars, look, we need to make some changes here, or I want to make some changes here, or Mars is going to come over to the Sun and say, what kind of changes do you want to make? I can go either way, but watch for that question, and that's all today, Monday. And it's complicated sky, right? Now, over the next week, or the next couple days, actually, this sun opposite Eris that we have, and then we have today the moon in Cancer opposite Pluto, and we have the Mars here in a trine to the sun, but in a quincunx to Pluto, right? Quincunxes are adjusting energies. Now, the planets of war who normally get along, Mars, Quincunx, Pluto, are now crabby. We also have the Sun, Quincunx, uh, Neptune, which we had last week, right? So Quincunx are adjustments. They can be Virgo types, meaning they can be a health adjustment. You could have gotten health news last week. They are psychological adjustments. You got a psychological realization. You had an aha moment. And now, as the Sun in Libra is processing all this, this configuration forms. And then hot on the heels, Venus comes in, but the moon will be gone by then. The moon is out of bounds, interestingly, today in this, um, in this grand cross forming in the sky with Mars there saying, I need to take action, and Neptune's there saying, my blinders have been revealed. I've lost my blinders. They've fallen off. I, I can see things clearly now. So that grand cross uh, grand Square, some people call it a Grand Square, is personal planets. And we are going towards the eclipses, which are going to open up the story from April uh, 30th and May 15th, earlier this year, which was when the decision for uh, Dobbs overturning Roe v. Wade was leaked. But it also is the opportunity for us to kind of go, the stories that you had in your own life personally from then are up and running. And of course now we're having elections and on election day we have an eclipse. Can't make this stuff up. I'm not in charge but I do notice it. Um, and then after we have this complicated, we're at this complicated kind of mush of energy and then the sun goes into um, uh, pl squares Pluto on Wednesday. Right, so that means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, intense and focused. And you can see now in this chart I left Venus turned on, so she's in an aspect too. There's still that grand trine in air, but we're now working with Pluto, uh, the lord of the underworld, the lord of transformation, and we're having a Pluto return. 
So we have to see things and understand we're looking at power in a different way, we're looking at control in a different way, and we're saying, what is it we control? Now, the Mars and Gemini is always really interesting because that's the debates. So, of course, I watch them, um, and I don't, my state's kind of boring because, you know, we're, we're predictable. But I'm watching the states I'm worried about or I'm wondering about, like, what color they're going to turn, red or blue. And so the debates are the Mars and Gemini. So the debates are interesting because that Mars in conjunct Pluto is going to give us a really interesting story through the debates or through the communications. And I do encourage you to do the full debate to the extent you can because sound clips are always going to reflect the bias of the person who does them, right? So I'll hear a sound clip and I'll go, interesting, let me go look at the whole thing. And then you get to see it in context. So that's the, and I know you're busy, I know you're busy, but that's an important component to kind of take into mind. What, what's the sound clip and how are they representing it? And with Mars and Gemini, you know, I make it my business to check out the other guys. You should check them out too and see what they're saying because you've been, everybody, we all work through the filter of our chart. You've been learning things from whoever your news sources are Everybody's got their news sources. But make sure if you hear something that you go, well, let me just go hear what the other side is saying about that. Because in that, you get a different perspective. You get a different idea about what's going on. And I do it regularly um, because I recognize I have my belief systems based on my Catholic upbringing and what I think is right and wrong. And uh, my mother was deaf on lying, right? Death on lying. And uh, we would get lined up against the wall. Who did it? Who did it? Who did it? And we would all go, we didn't. You know, three of us, somebody ate the icing off the chocolate cake. And uh, who did it? I can't stand liars and sneaks. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I have a Mercury Mars square. So I have a real reaction. I mean, if you're telling a lie and you don't know better, fine. But if you're telling a lie and you know better, mm, then I have a problem with you. And I think, you know, we all have our biases. We all have how we were raised as kids. So this big old grand cross in cardinal signs is pointing out to us the difference in how we were raised. So you were parented this way. Your partner was parented this way. How are you parenting your child? Right? Because you're coming from different tribes. And so it's important because we live in a very diverse country. It's important to learn how the other people think. And if you do that, it helps you get perspective. It helps you go, okay, I, I'm hearing you. I don't really, I'm not, that's not my lived experience, but I want to listen to your story. And we do have a Sag rising in the Declaration of Independence chart, which is we all have our stories. We all have what happened to us and why we believe what we believe. So that's a core value that we're really working on. What do you believe? And why do you believe it? And why, why do you think that way? So it's an important time to think about those things as we go towards the eclipse. The eclipses are going to be in early Scorpio, like two, three degrees of Scorpio, which is that unverbal, can't verbalize it. It's water sign. It's a feeling. It's a feeling energy. So as we're going towards that, feelings are up and running very strongly, and there's a good level of articulation because Mercury is in Libra. That's sad, you might not like what they say. Then the next is this Sun-Venus conjunction. There's a lot of hoo-ha about this on the internet, and I encourage you to check out Ariel Gutman's writing on it. The Sun-Venus conjunction in Libra, the last time it happened was in the 1700s, 
1771. And we, we've had a hundred years of the Sun, Venus, and Scorpio, and now it's shifting into air. So whenever there's an, a migration like that, so Venus and the Sun will be in Libra now for the next 100 years, we're starting a new cycle. And, and Scorpio is me. What about me? How, what do I get? Libra is we. So we're going from a me to a we. And this is important change as this energy comes in. This energy also is on the same point that act, was activated in November of 1982. So it's very big in the babies born in 82-83 because they had that Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Libra. And we know what Saturn-Pluto conjunctions are like because we just lived through one with COVID, right? So that degree is a hot degree. And so think about the energy, what was going on in your life in fall of 82, spring of 83, and that's being activated. But now it's being activated with go back in and work on it. Go back in and love it. Go back in and kind of understand what it is, what it's, what's it about. So it's an important energy. It sets a new eight-year cycle up for you wherever you have 29 Libra in your chart. So you're going to start an eight-year beginning connection, relation. And remember, we're working with the energy of those two guys, Venus and the Sun, just being past that Grand Cross, where they got all stimulated about what they think is right. right? Eris and Pluto square. What, what emotionally are you involved in? What, what do you feel like? And the nice part about it is Venus is in a rulership, so she's helping Mercury process the moon's energy, and the sun is talking to Venus, and they're Kazemi. There's a kiss between them. And as they kiss, they start a new cycle, and they help you see things in a new way. But because they're starting a new cycle in a whole new sign, they're moving from Scorpio, which is me, 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 no offense to my Scorpio friends, uh, to we, 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 which is the uh, Libras. Okay, so that's an important conjunction. Ariel's written some stuff on it, a lot of stuff on the internet. But it was interesting because it was in the 1700s, and it was we, the united people, we, the, we, the people in the colonies, are going to unite and form this or this this. We have a vision of how we want to live and what we want to do, and so it's very interesting as we're facing those similar questions now. It also was classical music, Tchaikovsky. Uh, you know, coming in in that 1700s. It was a, the bond, bonding, the blooming of a lot of Libran energies, the ideas of truth, justice, liberty. Remember, Venus and Libra is liberty, right? Or Venus rules justice. Or li Libra, Libra rules justice. It also rules thought and ideas. Right after that, Venus is going to enter Scorpio. Um, and this makes for a very intense day on the weekend, right? Because we're going to have Venus changing. She can see here, she's entered Scorpio. Not her favorite sign, but very passionate, very intense. Interesting place for her to be during the elections. And right behind that, the sun enters Scorpio. You can see him here, right? Which is like, okay, now I'm intense too, and we're in the fixed season, the fixed, the fixed part of the season. And then right after that, we're going to have the eclipses next Tuesday. So they're going to go forward. You can see the moon here in Libra. She's coming in for a landing with the eclipses. This is a balsamic phase period. And of course Scorpio in the northern hemisphere is when the leaves fall off the trees and we really see things clearly. So watch for big illumination this weekend on Sunday, uh, coming up weekend. And then we have the um, uh, Saturn turning direct. Uh, he's also turning direct on Sunday and so Saturn is here. Where's my little guy? There he is. He's down at the bottom of the chart. Foundations giving us a vision. 
And of course, when we're working with a uh, planet turning direct, we feel it the five days before and the five days after. So we're going to be feeling Saturn stopping. Uh, going to feel very oppressed, depressed, repressed on top of all this other crazy stuff going on. And Saturn, when he breaks, he just kind of sits there like a grumpy curmudgeon in the chair and he goes, really? So wherever you have 18 degrees, Saturn's a grumpy curmudgeon. And he entered his uh, retrograde shadow on February 26th, so think back to what you were doing back then. And he went retrograde on June 6th. So from June 6th, the story's been being revised, and now Saturn turns and goes forward. And what we're going to have over the next few weeks is we had Pluto go direct, we're going to have Saturn go direct, we're going to have Vesta go direct, we're going to have all the planets move direct, and then we're going to see them um, uh, start moving forward. Uh, and that happens as the sun gets away from being opposite them, because retrograde planets are when the sun is opposite them. They're retrograde. So here we see Saturn stationing to go direct. We also see right, right on his heels, we see Juno stationing. See her there? And so Juno stations direct. And you can see there she goes. Now she's stationing direct. And she stations direct on uh, the same day, later in the, later in the morning. Uh, on, she stations on October 23rd. And she went into her retrograde shadow on May 13th. And she stationed retrograde on June 24th. So all the relationship dynamics. First Saturn, the structures that you've been in are changing. They're going to go forward now. And all the relationships you've been trying to figure out what to do with, they're all going to go forward too. So, you know, it's kind of a plan. And remember, part of the way we learn in our life is through our relationships. So that's our teach. Those are our teachers. So this is like a giant clearinghouse. <laughs> you know, you're getting rid of relationships you don't like anymore. You're bringing in new ones because you're like, I'm done with that, going over here. And all last week when you were illuminated and you found out stuff and you learned stuff and you went, wow. We're not just going through it. We're growing through it. You'll be okay. But it's intense, and it's a very intense week. The, um, uh, yeah, some weeks are just really intense. And uh, I'm just going to, you know, encourage you to remember, look at your chart. Think about what your, um, think about your planets by their age, right? How old are they? And you can even ask this when you're really upset about something, and you go, how old am I right now? And you go, I'm six. And then you look, and you look and see what planets are six in your chart. This little guy here is how old the planet is, this little six. And then if you really want to get specific, divide the minutes by five, and that's, it's six years old in four months, right? So it's helpful when you're going through this to watch which planets, what, what's popping, because they're all, they all talk to you. All the planets in your chart talk to you, and all the planets in the sky talk to the planets in your chart. So it's helpful to kind of, when you're going through stuff, go, okay, how old am I right now? And think about how old you were, what's getting stimulated, woken up, triggered, activated, and then go, what was going on for me in that age? Who was the players? Who were the relationships in my life that this is mimicking? That really helps a lot because it's all, it's all a circle. It goes over and over and over again. So I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about a, you know, a relative that had passed that, that she had a difficult relationship with. 
and now, and I said, you know, when somebody leaves, you get a new one in. So she got the new one in. And we were talking about the new one, who was a difficult relationship. And, and she was trying to figure out how to handle it and what to do about it. And we were, you know, kind of strategizing and brainstorming and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, remember, watch the people and kind of say, who does that remind me of? What, is it, what, what story is that evoking for me? Where is it my chart is encouraging me to grow? Not just go through it, but grow through it. And so that will help you, I think, with this week. Not an easy week. I hate to bring the bad news, but, you know, got to tell you the truth, because my mother would line me up against the wall and go, I can't stand liars and sneaks. And, uh, and of course, my truth can be very different from yours. Everybody has different truths. That's what makes the world go round. And, and dialoguing, talking about it, connecting, communicating helps. And if we understand it, you know, I have no, I have no truck with old white guys. You know, I was a guy in the last life. I think that's why I'm a girl in this life, is to, uh, yeah, I get to, I get to learn, you know, I get to hear it. I get to hear it in a girl body, what gets said, kind of thing. Um, I get to hear it from a girl's perspective. Remember, our perspective changes, too, in our lifetimes. So this is a big push, push, push to change your perspective and to get you to think about things in a different way than you had before because nothing like an eclipse to make you see things and nothing like all these planets pushing on each other in a giant cosmic argument to make you go, okay, I got it, I got it, I see it, I get it. And so those are the aspects for this week. Um, this week the sun goes from uh, 22 Libra to 024 Scorpio. We talked about his hot aspects, the, the trine to Mars and the square to Pluto. He also meets up with Venus. That's a really important new eight-year cycle starting. And, um, and he's in Libra, so he wants to be nice. But remember, Libra is the iron fist and the velvet glove. Libras are no nobody to fool around with if you've ever run into a Libra. They're, they're like tough, and they're clear. They know what they want. They know where they're going. And again, Libra is the sign of lawyers, right? And you, one lawyer argues this part, one lawyer argues that part. And I know at one point I was thinking about being a lawyer because my Mercury's in Libra, and I, I do like to argue. Um, but I thought, but I, I, I couldn't stand it if I lost. <laughs> because I'm Aquarius rising and I like to win. So I was like, eh, probably better not for me to be a lawyer, right? Because they do do the compromise. And back when I had my business uh, in computers, you know, periodically I would have a problem with a client. And, um, and my lawyer was always like, look, do you want to stay focused on this or do you want to move on? The wonderful Lee Unterman. And I would go, rah, rah, rah. he goes, you're not going to get it all. You're going to get some, but you're not going to get it all. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right, I'll go on, I'll go on. Uh, but yeah, it's understanding where do you want to stay and fight? Where are you feeling the need to leave? And both of those are valid. Both of those are part of it. And so the energy is shifting <sighs> in a hard way. But we're going to be good. We're going to live through it. We're going to grow through it. Mercury, as I mentioned, left his shadow on today, the 17th. And then he is running from 7 uh, Libra through 19 Libra. Picks up speed. Um, he does have a, um, uh, you know, a lot of communication stories that he's working on. And at the end of the week, he trines Saturn on the 22nd. So he delivers some information. But he's in new territories. So all your ghosts are really finished. You're not going to have any more ghosts coming back. Venus this week, she is in Libra, running from 22 Libra through into Scorpio. And going into Scorpio, as I mentioned before, on the 23rd. So she gets as far as zero Scorpio. 
Um, she, of course, is going through that configuration I showed you where she's going to have the trine to Mars and uh, the trine to Mars and the square to Pluto. And then she also has the entry into Scorpio, which kicks a new energy up. Now, Venus does not like being in Scorpio that much um, because she's not doesn't do proper things. And she's also going to be shifting uh, when she goes into Scorpio, right? So she's going to be shifting direction. And she's going to turn into an evening star. And when she shifts from a morning star, which was, she, was what she's been since the spring, she's shifting into an evening star, which makes her uh, more um, genteel, more Libran-like. But of course she's in Scorpio, so Venus, the Venus star point is in Libra at the last degree, but as she shifts into Scorpio, she turns into a morning star, intensifying her passions. And turns into an evening star. But because she's in Scorpio, it intensifies her passions, but she's refined about how she does them. Not a lot going on with Mars, except for his sextile to Eris, which takes place on today, the 17th. We have the Saturn going direct, as I mentioned, the five days before, the five days after. So it goes direct on the 23rd, so we're going to feel the Saturn station which does feel like, oh, I can't move. Or everything takes longer. That's the other way it shows up. And then the Vesta going direct. Again, uh, Vesta and went retrograde in June 24th, entered her shadow on May 13th. And Saturn went, entered, went retrograde on June 6th, and he entered his shadow on February 26th. So the stories from then are coming forward, and we stopped moving forward on June 6th, and now we're moving forward. And then last... The intense days, quite a few of them this week, as you might imagine. The intense day is today, really intense. And then um, it's a Cancer moon. It's that grand cross forming that complicated energy that we talked about here. Complicated, complicated. That's today. And the sirens are ringing, just to emphasize my point. Um, so very complicated day, very intense day is Monday the 17th. The moon is in Virgo, it goes void today, at, or I'm sorry, the moon's in Cancer, it goes void, and it's out of bounds, the moon's out of bounds, it goes void today at 4.56 uh, with the opposition to Pluto, and then um, the moon goes into Leo tonight, well, 12.45 a.m. on the 18th, Tuesday the 18th, it's in Leo the 18th and 19th, which are relatively kind days, and it goes void at 6.35 a.m. on Thursday the 20th. And the moon goes void with a sextile to the sun. But while the moon is in Leo, we have another intense day on the 19th, because that's the day the sun opposes Pluto. Uh, on the 18th, there's a cooperation energy between Venus and the Mars. You know, the sun trines Mars, Venus trines Mars. So there's a cooperation day there. Um, but another intense day is the 20th, but that's intense in a way to get things done. A lot of getting things done. So the moon goes void on Thursday at 6.35 a.m. with a sextile, and then it enters Virgo at 12.25 p.m. on the 20th. Uh, and so that afternoon, we get a lot accomplished, and we get a lot accomplished because moon's in Virgo. So the moon's in Virgo on the 20th, the 21st, and then it goes void on Saturday the 22nd, and it goes void at 2.17 p.m. with a trine to Pluto, Another intense day on the 22nd, because the moon is intense, plus uh, the moon's void uh, from 2.17 to 9.24 p.m., and then it goes into Libra, 
the 23rd is very intense because we have the Saturn station, we have the Venus entering Scorpio, we have the Sun entering Scorpio. So the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, intense. And then we go into that new moon eclipse next week on Tuesday in, 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 in Scorpio at 2 degrees. So um, intense, intense, intense. And uh, you get a little respite from the intensity on Tuesday the 18th. But basically, and Friday, Friday the 21st is not that intense either. So it's an intense week. And we're going towards the eclipses, which, and we're in a release phase. So things are leaving, letting go, saying hasta la vista. I'm out of here. I'm ready to go in a new direction. <coughs> January 23rd, 22nd, 20th to the 28th. Cruise on Odyssey of the Sea. Uh, we also, a couple of stars, sign up. You get the daily podcast where I go through the day and go, okay, this is what's happening. And I send you all the aspects for the day. So you can go, okay, this is what, ha okay, and, you know, you watch the story evolve in your, evolve in your, in your email. You get an email and you hear the podcast and then you go, uh, you can also sign up for Twitter because the aspects in the Patreon are the same aspects we load up into Twitter. Um, and then if you missed the iAstrologer in Tucson, you can buy it online. And we really did a great job. We did it in Tucson Live. We did it online last weekend. But you can also um, purchase it. And then the Pluto Return of the United States, which we're going to be talking about a bit more as we go into the eclipse season. And then the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. Right now it's very active because that 23 degrees of Neptune, which we had here in the complicated day, the 23 degree Neptune, that's the same degree that, that that conjunction was on back in April. So it's a lot about your dreams for the next 13 years, too. Although there's all this stuff going around, so you're like, I don't have time to worry about my dreams, and I'm like, I know, but it'll get better, it'll get better. We're, we're growing through it as we go through it. So that's hopefully helpful. I do apologize for this being late, but, you know, that, that Venus quincunx Neptune last night, I was like, I gotta go to bed. You may find you're extra exhausted, too. It's just an exhausting energy. Um, and you do really du double down, triple down, quadruple down on your self-care. Remember, everybody's having these aspects that you're having. Everybody. So they're all feeling it, too. And so the world's a little cranky-crabby this week. <laughs> Actually, it's very cranky-crabby this week. But um, we're right where we're supposed to be. So pay attention, figure it out, you're going to be okay. And on that note, I'm going to load this podcast up. Wish you a wonderful week. The eclipses are coming. The eclipses are coming. And off we go. Take care. Bye. This conference is